Well, good morning, church. Glad you guys are here and our guests and members alike. We're thankful you're here to worship this morning. And I pray that you know during that, that time of worship and as we continue, but as we worship through song, and that's just powerful. You know, we're singing to our, our Creator, the one who loves us, who cared so much about us to send His Son Jesus. Just, just an amazing thing. So I, I, my prayer is that you were blessed by that and my prayer is that God received that and, and that we were honoring to Him. But this morning as we, uh, as we go to the Word, we're going to be in the book of Acts, as you see there. We're continuing our series. But before we do anything else, I just want to, um, to share a little bit. Our, our pastor, Michael Porter, and Chris Nardi, one of our other church members, they are over in the Philippines. If you need a picture, it's over there, uh, south of China, north of Australia. But they're over there, they're witnessing and uh, sharing the message. They're, they're, uh, pastor Michael is preaching at a church planning conference, and they're, they're doing all kinds of work, kind of setting setting the groundwork for our church to go in March and hopefully many other trips after that. But um, they're seeing some ama- amazing things. Michael shared last night on the city that um, they saw over 500 people come to know Christ yesterday. That is, that is amazing. It's amazing what they're getting to see. and I'm excited to, to see the pictures and hear the reports when they get back. But along with that, so there's a little bit of a storm going on uh, over in the Philippines. This is the radars of last night. They are in Manila, just on the south side, but that would be a typhoon. In fact, a super typhoon uh, named Kopu. And uh, it's been on land, and it's moving very slow, but there's lots of flooding and devastation already. And so before we do anything else, if you would bow with me, let's pray, and let's just pray for them, for our pastor, for the ministry going on there, but also for the people as they are dealing with this. Let's pray. God, I thank you that we get to come here together, Lord, as your body. God, spending time together, worshiping you, God, looking at your word. Lord, as we know this is happening in churches all over the country, God, we are thankful for that. But Lord, right now, we lift up our pastor, Michael Porter, and our brother, Chris Nardi, is there over in the Philippines in Manila, God, seeing your ministry firsthand, God, and actively being a part of that. Lord, I just lift them up, pray for safety for them. Lord, we lift up the people of the Philippines, God, that are dealing with this massive storm. Lord, I pray that through all of it, God, as they see the devastation, Lord, they see the loss. God, I pray somehow that you would be glorified in that. Lord, I pray that you would be powerful there. God, bring them hope and peace that only you can give. And God, this morning as we look at your word, I pray that you would be powerful. Lord, speak to our minds. Lord, speak to our hearts. And God, let us leave here changed. God, just be powerful. And Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, um, obviously this isn't normal church wear attire. But this, uh, this weekend, the youth have been uh, participating in Action Weekend. It's a, a chance for them to serve and spend time together, go through the Word. And, and uh, it really is a, a, big, a big effort on the entire church. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that was a part of that. You guys did some great things, from the food to the drivers to providing a host home. All the things you did. Thank you very much for making that happen for them. And hopefully they've gotten something out of it, and we'll have pictures and stuff posted on the city. You'll see that. And, and uh, good things were happening, despite what you see there. They were doing some good work along with the, the very, very goofy things. So, but again, that was going on this weekend. Last time I, I preached a few months ago, I had some big news and I kind of shared that and, and, uh, nothing like that this time. Um, that was, that was the one time, but as I've been getting closer, I, I leave pregnant if you're visiting and so we've got a few months out, but I talked to my friend, uh, uh, just about daily, and he, you know, he's the father of two, and so he kind of sends me updates and things, and like, you know, preparation, and things to look forward to, and, and rules to follow, but he's been sending me pictures, which, th- 
thankful because they, they really do help. But just a few of them on what to do, what not to do, um, really helping me learn. So, you know, I didn't know. I figured 20, 30 pounds was good, but not. And so he's been sending me that one. He sent me this one, which was good because I didn't know car seats are a big thing. So you got to watch out for those and make sure they're buckled in right. And the final one, this was, this was actually for Ilea, bonding with the baby. You know, you got to be careful. They don't, the babies don't need a gossip session, you know, they, and drink some coffee. Just spend time with them, just love on them. So I'm learning all that, and we've got a few months left, and we're excited, but it's good. I appreciate the what not to do there. So, but as we go through the Word, like I said, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. We're coming back to that throughout the entire year. We've been going through the book of Acts and looking at some different things and just seeing how God has done that great work there. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If not, we'll have the verses up here. But just to give you a little bit of an update on what's going on. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 has kind of been our key verse. We see that there Jesus is talking to his followers right before he leaves. And he tells them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That was a call. That was a command. That was a challenge to them. We've read in the first part of of Acts, we see their ministry in Jerusalem, getting started, doing the work there. Thousands of people saved almost daily. We're seeing that. We've seen them spread to Judea and Samaria and going out and witnessing in places a little bit further from where they're comfortable, from their home. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the start of... Paul's second missionary journey as they start to take it to the ends of the earth. So going where they're called. And we're going to see God's intervening in that and see what that means for us today here in Parkville in 2015. A little bit, just a recap of what we talked about last because it's been a few months. We were in Acts chapter 15 and there was a big debate going on. Mainly, the church, the church had been made up of Jewish believers. And so they were Jewish first. They knew the God of the Old Testament, they followed Him, and they recognized that Jesus was the one true Savior. But now they're starting to see a mix of people that weren't Jewish, Gentiles. And they were coming to know Christ as well. And the same Holy Spirit was coming down and changing their lives. And so there was a big meeting in Jerusalem, the Jerusalem Council. They get together, all the big names are there. You've got Peter and John and Paul's there, and they're all there talking and discussing this. Do you have to be Jewish in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ? And what they came to through the Holy Spirit is that, look, Christ came for all people. Jesus said that Himself. Think about John 3.16, For God so loved the world. Christ came for all men. Whether Jew or Greek or free or slave, as the Bible says, Christ came one for all. That all men might be saved. So they agreed to that and they say, look, Obviously, this is what Jesus has been teaching. This was our calling to go to all the world, not just the Jewish world, but to go to all the nations and preach that message. So that's where we pick it up. That's what just happened. And they're getting ready to start this missionary journey. And Paul is going to go and start telling the churches about this. Because this is big news. This is going to change Christianity. This is going to change their faith. And so let's pick it up. We'll jump right in. Acts chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 1. It says that Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. 
Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were there in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them the observance to observe the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and increased in their numbers daily. Let me just explain a little bit here, just a little bit more background. So as Paul is getting ready to start this, this journey, he's going to go with Barnabas. They had been working together. They had gone all these other cities beforehand. You can read it in, in chapters 13 and 14. But they come to a disagreement on who they're going to take. And they just can't get over that. They're, they're arguing Barnabas wants to take somebody and Paul says, no, we're not going to take this man. We need to focus and get the work done and he's, he's not going to be helpful. And so they disagree. They decide to split up. And so Paul takes Silas and they begin this missionary journey. And one of the first places they go is to Derby and Lystra. And that's where they meet Timothy. We're going to talk a little bit about Timothy here. But let's look at this first thing and see this. Timothy lived a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. If you have in your bulletins there, you've got an insert. You can follow along. Just hope you fill that out and, and make sure you keep, uh, keep notes of what happens here. But Paul and Silas are traveling and they hear of this man and they go and see him. They meet him and he's spoken well of. He is a believer. He's a follower of Jesus Christ and he's lived that out. He's known by his faith. His identity is in Christ. So Timothy lived a life worthy of the gospel. Here's what I mean. This is Paul's letter later to the church in Philippi. And how he starts that letter, the book of Philippians as we know it, is he says he, he identifies himself Paul and also Timothy. This church in Philippi, they're going to go visit. And we're going to talk about it more here in a little bit. But the church in Philippi is going to be a major, major center for Christianity going out to the world, especially the non-Jewish world. But in the Philippian, in the book of Philippians, Paul writes this. He says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Timothy lived a life worthy of the gospel message. He lived it out. He understood his faith. He knew that it was real. He knew that Christ died for him and that he should live for Jesus Christ. He lived that out. He didn't all of a sudden turn on a switch when Paul arrived and say, hey, I'm a good person. Take me with you. I want to go and do this missionary work. He was living that out. He was well known because of his faith. And church, that's, that's something for us to see and for us to, to, to shoot for, to, to be known by our faith in Jesus Christ, to live that out, whether somebody is watching us or not. Timothy had integrity. He was there and he was faithful. He was obedient to Christ. But that leads us to our second thing there as we look at the Scripture, is that Timothy gives no argument. Let me read it again to, to show you what I'm referring to. In Acts chapter 16 there, it says that Paul finds, Paul finds Timothy. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. So what does Paul do? He takes him and he circumcised him because of the Jews in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. We don't read that Timothy put up a fight. Now, I'm not going to deal a whole lot with circumcision today. Let's just, we'll just get past it. But he was a grown man, and he was willing to do this to not be a hindrance to the gospel. He didn't say, Paul, look, you're great. I want to go. This sounds exciting. I want to be on this missionary work. But there's a line, and we're not going to cross it. 
He didn't do that. He was willing to go. He was willing to do whatever it took to be a part of that ministry. To preach the Gospel. And to not be a hindrance. To not stand in the way. Um, a few years ago, back when I was in my college days, I was at a small church in South Kansas City. It was very traditional. It was an older church, an older congregation. And they were just very traditional in, their, in what we did. They sang hymns and the pastor would wear a suit every Sunday. And... Um, the time came for the pastor to leave, and I, and I began to preach every week, and I would always wear a suit, just very different from today, obviously. But I would wear a suit just because that's what the church appreciated, that's what the people appreciated. And I had a friend in, in college, and college students, if, if you know one, they're very high on theory. They have a lot of ideas and things, but they're not high in practice. And so he had a theory and was telling me you know, what I was doing wrong, and why do you need to wear a suit every Sunday? Why are you giving in to their legalism and doing just what they want. Well, I wore this suit every Sunday so that I was not a distraction. Because I could wear this. We could wear this every Sunday and stand up here and preach, and you're still going to hear the message. But when you're focused on what the, what the pastor's wearing and distracted by that, you're going to miss the message. And so as we think about that and think about these things, I wanted to make sure that I was not a hindrance to God's Word. That I wasn't going to be a distraction for the people to hear the message. I wanted them to not see me up here. And if I wore what everybody else had done and just gone along with that, they were going to hear the Scripture, not be focused on the, the kid up there, you know, in his jeans and t-shirt. So, it's a conscious effort. We have to work to that to not be a distraction to the Gospel. But alas, Tim, Timothy did not give any argument. He was willing to do whatever it took to be a part of that ministry and to give up everything to say, look, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to be obedient. I want them to hear the message. So we see that there. That's, that's important. That's something for us to think about. How are we hindering the gospel message? How are we standing in the way? How are we making this life about us as opposed to being about Jesus, our Savior? Let's keep going. The third thing we see in this first section of Scripture is that the church is strengthened when its members hold solely to God's truths. That's what we're to be about, church. The truth of the Scripture, the truth of the Holy Spirit. Paul is going and delivering this message that, look, all men might be saved. All men can be saved. There is nothing you have to do except believe and confess. You don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to go through with their customs. You don't have to follow the laws of the Old Testament. Though you should, obviously. And Jesus says that the law is fulfilled by being obedient to Him and obeying His commands. But you don't have to follow those sacri- those, the, uh, the sacraments, the religious things that they would do. You're free. We have freedom in Christ. And so they're delivering that message. And here in verse 5 it says, So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. The church was strengthened by God's truth, by God's Word, by the obedience of those men, by the message that all men, that all people may be saved. The church was strengthened because of that. Let's keep going. The second section of Scripture, Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 6, Luke goes on to write this. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mycenae, they had attempted to go in Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing through Mycenae, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, 
urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought out to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, so we see in this section of Scripture, we're seeing quite a bit. One of the things that's, that's neat to point out is that Luke, the author of Acts, we see that he is now a part of this missionary journey. He uses words like we. He was there along for this trip. But the fourth thing that I really want us to see there is that God directed the steps of the missionary journey. God called them to serve, but God also called them where to serve, where to go, how to be a part of that. That's an important concept for us today. We all have our comforts and our strengths and abilities, and those are great things, but God calls us to things that are going to make us uncomfortable, that are going to challenge us. If you couldn't guess, I'm not much of a dancer. But on Sunday mornings, we work with the little kids in there, and we sing songs, and we, we praise God, and we do movements and dancing and, and all kinds of fun stuff celebrating. And though I'm not really, you know, I wouldn't do that up here, but out there with the kids, man, they love it, and they worship, and we get to be a part of that ministry. And it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. That's what God has us doing, and we need to do it. We have to be obedient, even when it's hard, even when it's uncomfortable, even when we don't want to. But God directed the steps of the missionary journey. Look at this verse in Ephesians. Paul writes, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Christians, God has things planned for you. God wants you to be a part of the ministry. God has those things lined out. It's up for us to be obedient to Him, to understand what He has for us. You say, yeah, I'm, yeah I'll serve God, that's fine, but I'm going to do it my way, on my terms. That's not how it works. God has called us to serve, and He's going to tell us and show us where to serve, how to serve. God cares about those details. God wants us to be obedient to Him, but God cares about the specifics. And I think that's very important. God was there directing them in the missionary journey. They felt they could go somewhere, and God directed them somewhere else, over to Macedonia. But let's keep going. The fifth thing we see here is that the apostles trusted God and reacted immediately. You see here, the journey started. They knew that they had to go and deliver a message, and they were going. They didn't know where they were going. They may have had an idea, but they didn't have their itinerary lined out and everything lined up. They got the chariots and the camels and good to go. They were just going, and God was going to direct them. They were being obedient. They had a plan, and God redirected them. The apostles trusted God and reacted immediately. Let's look at a map here. This is the second journey. So they started down here. They come up, and they're going north. They're going to go through Crete and over to Lystra and Iconium. That's where they meet Timothy. And they have a plan. We're going to go north. We're going to go to Bithynia and over towards Asia. And we're going to spread the message there. We're going to go and visit those people and tell them about Jesus Christ. God had other plans. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit would not allow them. The Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go. So God moved them this way, over towards Macedonia. If you look at the Scripture there in Acts chapter 16, let me just share this again. It says a vision in, in verse 9 appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia. 
When God calls you to go, you go. You don't have to wait for an email from God giving you your itinerary and having everything lined up. You go. Just go when God calls you. Now, we may not know the end. We may not know where we're going or how we're going to do it or how it's going to happen. But it's important to see here, the apostles, they started. They started moving when they knew God was calling them. And then God gave them their direction. Church, God is calling us. And we need to go. We need to be willing to serve. Be willing to be a part of His ministry. As we keep reading here, Luke writes this, and he says this. They're going to go to Macedonia. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the, of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained there for some days. Luke documents the journey with great detail. For those of you who don't know, Luke was a doctor, so he, he would always make great details. You can read that in his gospel. You can read it in this letter. Luke documents the journey with great detail because God gave them very specific things. We're going to talk a little bit about the city Philippi. It was a Roman colony. It's kind of interesting as they were going to tell the churches that, that, look, you don't have to be Jewish to be saved. They're going to a place with very little Jewish influence. They're going to a Roman colony. It was an older colony that had kind of been set up after a major civil war. And so these people generally were, were older. But they went there to share the message of Jesus Christ because that's where God wanted them. And Philippi would become in a very, very important church, a very important city for communicating the gospel message to the world. So the apostles trusted God, went immediately, and they went to Macedonia. And Luke documents that with great detail. That's really important for us to see to understand there. As we keep reading, let's read what happens when they get there to Macedonia. Again, we see the map. They're up here in Philippi now. This is where they're going to be. And let's read what happens. It says, And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. The apostles were seeking out anything easy or, or comfortable. You see, they didn't go to a city that was going to be a good Jewish stronghold where they had a lot of people that they had something in common with, the Old Testament and, and, and just uh, people that were knowledgeable of God. They went to a place, to a city that had no synagogue. And so that's why they went out outside the city to worship, to spend some time in prayer. And there, we're going to see who they find. But the apostles weren't seeking out anything easy or comfortable. Churches, we all, like I said, have our talents and abilities, things that we're good at, it doesn't mean that's what God wants from us. Now, those are good things, and we should definitely use them to our fullest ability. But sometimes you've got to get up and dance with the little kids, even if you don't want to. God has called us to be obedient, no matter our abilities. God has called us, and He'll take care of it. God will take care of it. He's going to equip us. He promises that. So, they're there, and let's keep reading. Let's see what happens. As they're there by the riverside... They're maybe singing hymns, they're praying together, and they begin to teach. It says, One who heard us was a woman named Lydia. She was from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. 
and she prevailed upon us. So they're in this city and they have their first chance to witness to somebody. And she is saved. God orchestrated the salvation process in the lives of Lydia and those in her house. Remember, this isn't where Paul wanted to go. This isn't where they had planned to go. God redirected them. And immediately, when they're obedient, they see salvation. Lydia and her household are going to be forever changed. Their eternity is completely different. They're going to be with God for all eternity. Now, they are saved, and she's going to use her house for ministry. It's going to be a major, like I said, Philippi is going to be a major church and a major place for the gospel to go out to most of Europe. And so it's going to become very important. And that's what we see in our last point here, is that once she, Lydia, received the gift of salvation, Lydia immediately became a part of the ministry. She immediately jumped in and became a part of the ministry. Church, for us today, we need to be a part of the ministry. We need to jump in with both feet and say, I'm on board. I'm going to serve. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I can do those things. But God, if you called me to it, I'm going to be obedient. Church, we need people to be obedient to God. The time is short. This world is full of destruction and sadness and evil. And we have the hope. We have the message that can change things. God has called us to be obedient. Just as Lydia was from the very beginning. As soon as she was saved, she said, hey, come stay with me. We'll provide for you guys. We'll be a place where you can go and do your ministry. And scholars agree that the church in Philippi would have met in her house, would have began in her house. And so she played a very important part in that through her obedience. So we finish up this morning and just a few things as we look at that scripture and see what God has called us to. The first thing that I really want us to take from today is that my personal freedom in Christ should come second to my mission from Christ. Speaking about Timothy, did Timothy have to be circumcised for salvation? No. But he was willing to do that to be a part of the ministry. He was willing to do just about whatever it took to be a part of the ministry. To go and tell people that may have been distracted by him, may have been concerned about him and the things that don't matter, he chose to do whatever it took so that people would focus on the message. So that it wouldn't be looking up there at the man and saying, oh, well, he's not one of us. What is he? It's worthless. Who cares what he has to say? He chose to put everything aside to follow Christ. So church, think about it, how it relates to us in Parkville in 2015. Our personal freedoms, we have so much. Christ has given us everything. He loves us. He sees us as perfect, sinless, blameless now. But we shouldn't use that freedom or take it for granted. Look what the Scripture says here in Galatians. Paul writes to the church and he says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The freedom we have, and being in America, I'm not downplaying that at all, we should be so thankful for what we have here, that we get to worship together, that we're not being actively persecuted because we believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, we should be thankful for that. We should thank God every night for that. But we should not let that freedom get in the way of the Gospel message. We've been called. As we live our lives, as we do those things, as we work hard and save our money to use for us and to spend on things for our family and take care of our families, spend time with our friends. 
Church, we shouldn't leave God behind in that and say, oh yeah, God, thanks for everything. I'm going to use it and I appreciate it. But give it back to Him. Give of yourself to Him to be used for the ministry. That's what our lives are to be about now. So don't let your personal freedom in Christ come second to your mission from Christ. The second thing we see here is that God's specific direction comes when we obey His general calling. God's specific direction comes when we obey His general calling. The apostles, Paul and Silas and Timothy, they knew they had a message to deliver to the churches, to deliver to the world, to tell the world about Him, and they were going to go. They knew that's what God called them to do. And when they went, that's when God got specific and began to direct them. Church, we don't need people filling these really nice church seats that we have. We need people that are involved in ministry. People that are willing to go out and serve and be a part and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it because you're going to give me the strength because this is what you want from me. We need a church that's obedient, that's ready to work, that's ready to serve if we're going to change this community. If we're going to see people saved, we've got to be the ones to do it, to go out and to share that message. So God's specific direction comes when we obey His general calling. The third thing is this. God has me here to serve. God has me here to serve. When God saves us, He doesn't take us out of this world and bring us right to heaven. God leaves us here because we have a job to do. Because we now have the hope of eternity. Because we know the Savior. God has you here for a reason, for a purpose. And that is to be obedient. Look what Jesus tells the disciples. Everybody knows this, is familiar with it. As Jesus is getting ready to, to leave this earth and return to heaven, He tells His disciples, knows this is a great commission. Jesus came to His disciples, His followers, and said this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is a command for all of Jesus' followers to be obedient. You're looking for a calling. There it is. Jesus has called us to go, to be witnesses, to proclaim the message of hope that we have, the truth that we have. God has you here for a reason. God has us here Please, church, understand that God has us here to be a part of His ministry, to tell the world about Him, to share that message of hope that we have. So, we finish up this morning, and we look at Paul getting back to the mission work, back to the ministry. My prayer for us is that we go and we think about these things and and appreciate all that we have. We would realize that we have a job to do. Church, God has called us to be a part of His ministry, to be a part of of His work, to be obedient. And it takes action for us to get up and be ready to work, be willing to serve, and to do it. I know every ministry that, I, that I've heard from, they've all got the help wanted signs out. We're looking for people that want to be obedient, that want to serve. As we finish up this morning, and we're just about wrapped up here, I do want to say one thing real quick before we finish. Again, thank you to all of our Action Weekend people that, that helped out from the drivers to the host home to the, all the cooks. The students ate very well. 
appreciate everybody that was a part of that to make that special for them. I know that you guys were a part of the ministry that, that they're doing as they're working to serve others and learn about that. I just appreciate you, church, doing that. Well, let's pray, and we'll, uh, we'll finish up here. God, again, I thank You for Your Word, Lord. I thank You for how powerful You are. God, I thank You for how much You love us. God, that You would share Your message with us. God, that You would send Your Son to die for us. God, as we have that, help us to be obedient to You. As You have called us to go, called us to serve, called us to be a part of Your ministry. God, let us be a church. God, let us be people, Your body, that are obedient to that. God, I pray that You would just change us, Lord. I pray that You would give us a renewed focus, a new direction to go. And God, let us be obedient. God, let us be known by our faith. God, let us be known by our actions that bring You glory. And God, we love You. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.